to a halt. The drivers, as well as the passengers, got out of the carriages. The girls soon huddled in groups, talking feverishly, while the guys went into the barn, pulled two wagons with plenty of hay into the field, and tied their horses to them. It was far easier to leave the animals harnessed and grazing on hay than to have to hitch a horse to its buggy in the dark. The young people knew the routine— They would remain outside playing volleyball, horseshoes, or whatever else suited them until after the sun went down. Then they'd come inside for desserts and hot chocolate or coffee before riding in wagons to the field where they'd start a bonfire. Fanny and Susie rose and began clearing the table. Beth went to the dessert counter and picked out a pie. She set it on the table beside her dad, cut a slice, and placed it on his plate. Then she slid a piece onto her mam's plate before passing the pie to her brother, Emmanuel. She took her seat next to her mother, still chatting about the upcoming spring planting. Lizzie hoped her brother saw what she did, a daughter who continued to shun all possibility of finding new love. Beth clung to the past as if she might wake one day to find her burning desires had changed it. Fanny began gathering glasses that still held trace amounts of lemonade. You've got to join us this time, Bethy. It's been too long. Flatware stopped clinking against the plates as all eyes turned to Beth. Susie tugged on her sleeve. Please, everyone misses you. Beth poked at the meal she'd barely touched, as if she might scoop a forkful of the cold food and eat it. Not this time. Dengue. See, Beth, Lizzie said. Every person here knows you should be out socializing again. Everyone except you. Beth's face grew taut, and she stood and removed the small stack of plates from Fanny's hands. Go on. I'll do these. Fanny glanced to her dad. He nodded. Why don't you all finish up and go on out? Emmanuel and Ira, do you mind helping set up the volleyball nets? Emmanuel wiped his mouth on a cloth napkin. We can do that. Chairs screeched against the wood floor as most of the brood stood. Fanny and Susie bolted for the door. Two more of Beth's sisters and two sisters-in-law went to the sink, taking turns rinsing the hands and faces of their little ones before they all went outside. Lizzie longed to see Beth in colored dresses, wearing a smile that radiated from her soul. Instead, Beth pasted on smiles, fooling most of those around her into thinking her heart continued to mend. But her quieter, more stoic behavior said things no one else seemed to hear. Lizzie heard, and she shared her concerns with Beth's dad, Stephen. Beth took a stack of dishes to the sink and flicked on the water. You can leave that for now, Stephen said. She turned off the water and remained with her back to them. Beth's ma'am glanced at Lizzie as she ran her finger down a tall glass of lemonade. Beth, honey, Beth turned. I'm fine, ma'am. Stephen got up and piled more plates together. Of course you are and I'll throw my favorite pie at anyone who says otherwise. He stuck his finger into his half-eaten piece of chocolate pie, placed it in his mouth, 
and winked at Beth. She smiled, an expression that probably looked real to her dad, but reminded Lizzie of fine silk flowers, only beautiful to those who aren't gardeners. Beth, sweetheart, Stephen said. You know how me and your ma'am feel. We love you. It's no secret that you're different from our other girls. You've always had more of a head for business than a heart to find a bow. But now... Well, we just want to make sure you're doing okay. Since you don't live with us, that's a bit hard to know sometimes. He set the dirty dishes beside the already full sink before he rinsed his hands and dried them. Officially, your period of mourning was over nearly six months ago, but you haven't joined the young people for a single event. You've not left the store for your usual buying trips. You eat half of what you should.